Play us in, Jim. And welcome to the After Improv Podcast. Congratulations to Heather for not getting the giggles during the intro because she told me she would, but she didn't. Every time I think I'm going to. Yeah, that's good. She kind of has them now. I am your host, Tony Augusti, and with me as always are the wizard, the warrior, and the maiden true, Jim Harper, John Yar, and Heather Anonymous, slash sniper, slash future social worker, slash sex educator of America. Uh, yeah, welcome everybody. How's everybody's uh, week been? Oh, let me describe what the show is. We are a group of improvisational students thrown together and forced to... Uh, tunnel our way out of this hellhole that we call life it's like a sitcom yeah it's like fuller house which just got its approval it's going to run on netflix um did did you guys did everybody here watch full house yes yeah i've seen it so full house what happens is there's this guy who loses his wife everyone hilariously huh everyone knows do you know what john what it is Yes, but I feel like not everyone's seen Full House. I feel like not everyone realizes the horrible circumstances that brought that family together. Yeah, okay. yeah I didn't realize oh. the wife was dead or something. You didn't realize that? <laughs> I mean, in the back of my head, I knew it, but I didn't ever thought yeah. about it. She was so dead. gruesome death. How'd yeah. she die? She killed herself. No. I believe it was a car. <laughs> I believe it was a car accident. Probably. Or maybe when she met the Olsen twins for the first time. Funny. Jokey joke jokes. (laughs) Um, No jokes. Yeah. So anyway, the sequel, the eldest daughter, DJ, has just lost her husband who died. (gasps) I'm not making this up. Her husband just died. So she's living in a house with her middle sister, uh, Jody Sweeten. Her name was Stephanie on the show. And her annoying neighbor, Kimmy Gibbler. And God. DJ has two sons that they're trying to raise, and Kimmy Gibbler has an annoying daughter. Great. Sound and where familiar? is are Bob Saget and them back? In it uh, no, oh, Uncle Jesse will uh, guest star in the pilot, and he's producing it. But apparently, they didn't strike deals with everybody else, so oh, okay. they're leaving it open. But I'm they'll like, probably be cameos. Yeah, yeah, but to me, it's kind of stupid to have that show like restored and then have probably some of the least interesting people. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, yeah. look. Joey, uh, Dave Coulier, who inspired Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill. That's a little fun fact for you guys. <laughs> I remember that. That was yeah. so funny when I heard it. Yeah, I remember some comic doing. He's like, you know, I love Jagged Little Pill. And then I just realized the whole album was about Dave fucking Coulier. <laughs> and I couldn't respect it anymore. Cut it out. out. Yeah. <laughs> and then Uncle Jesse. And then their dad, you know, and uh, the Olsen twins. Like, they should have at least. If they didn't get the Olsen twins, I would understand. You know, because they're kind of way bigger than that, and they're like fucking. And they don't really look alike anymore since the plastic surgery. Well, they would only. Well, I guess so. Well, they had plastic surgery. I think one of them did. I saw a picture. Maybe it was photoshopped, but the one looked ugly as shit. I know one had anorexia. That's probably the ugly one. Anorexia isn't cool, guys. I'm sending a positive message to pro Anna people. That's what they call it in the industry. Girls surprised. Heather surprised. I knew that. Anna. Nah, I'm never surprised. Oh, okay. All right, and then. it's called Pro Anna, so I'm just sending the message out there that it doesn't look cool to be emaciated, girls. Get a little meat on those bones. Guys, don't, don't alienate naturally thin people. They don't like that. Okay, I'm not there, talking to them. I will say there's a noticeable difference between naturally thin and anorexic. Yeah. Like, yeah. you can look at a girl and know the difference. 
They all look hot to me. Am I right? That's an anti-anti message, guys. As jokey, l- jokey jokes. As long as she's breathing yep. and not filing a restraining order. And a message to all the bulimics well. out there: Don't let your finger linger. Those words to live by. I just made that up, guys, off the cuff. I improved it. Mm. Anyway, copyright that. You know, is it possible to get way off track on a show before you've actually started? Yeah. Yes. Okay. It is. So, I think we've proved it. Yeah. So I'm not. Anyway, get, yeah. DJ was always the unlucky one. Anyway, this brings us back to improv. Improv. Did you guys see any improv this week? Yeah, I went to Planet Ant, and uh, I saw you guys perform in class today. Yeah. And I saw the movie St. Vincent. Anybody else? Heather? Uh, I've been busy this week. It's my last week of school. Lame. Super lame. So all summer, though, it's going to be improv all the time. You say that, but uh, we'll see. Yeah. You know, this is... Drunkity drunk. I drunk, filed, drunk, hot mess. I filed a lot of things away in my Heather file. Things like... I cry a lot. I'm going to get fucked up drunk, but I've yet to see these things. So, Well, you just wait. This summer, you're going to see me get real fucked up, and then I'm going to cry, and you're going to have to deal with it. Wow. I'm going to tape that. Well, I'll at least get the audio. Yeah. So I did. Spend the night at your house. Okay. Jeez. A little forward, but I like it. (laughs) It was kind of fun last night when we, the three of us, we did a, a scene together in the long form. Yeah, that's true. That was well, fun. I missed it. Yeah, yeah, I did the Sarah because John, I think. Yeah, I it was Melitha. Lilith, the suggestion was Lilith Fair. Do you know what Lilith Fair is? Yes, it's music for lesbians. Okay, well, not really, but okay. <laughs> it it kind of changed it, into that organically. Yeah, it was actually a music festival aimed at girls and young girls, like to give them role models. I'm not. I know. Okay, no, you don't. <laughs> and uh, I know what the Lilith Fair is. But you you not clearly not because you described it as a concert for lesbians. Hate speech. I love lesbians. Hell yeah. Yeah. Ass covering speech. <laughs> whatever. Okay. Whatever speech. None of you have ever been with a lesbian. You don't know that. Yeah. I don't know that. I've had sex with women that turn into lesbians, so oh. in your face. Oh, you they all lesbians job. after I'm done. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's how that works. Yeah, that was Hacky Joke Corner, guys, starring me and my friends. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so John suggested Mike McGettigan. Was it Mike McGettigan? McGettigan came out as Melissa Yeah, Melissa Etheridge. Etheridge. Well, he came out with a guitar, and I go, oh, it's Melissa Etheridge. And he gave this look like, fucking now I'm Melissa Etheridge. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then John made a reference to the late night commercials in which Sarah McLaughlin. Uh, yeah, like, oh, you hate her, huh? And. Yeah, I hate those commercials. Yeah, I just abused animals. I've forgot their names, and as soon as he said, I'm like, that sounds like that lady, so I'm just gonna go for it. And then Mike McGannigan looked at you like you were just like a big pile of shit, and he was like, I mean, he does that, and I mean that in a good way. He's our teacher, not to disparage Mike. I like Mike a lot, Um, but he he, did not get yeah he did not get yeah I don't know if he doesn't watch late night TV. Oh, you know what? He did say in the class he doesn't watch TV, so he probably had no idea what you're talking about. That's a good point. Yeah, and so and I knew, so I came out as Sarah McLaughlin and started singing in the arms of the angel, (laughs) and then I told Etheridge to get the fuck out of there, which he did. And then uh, you said something like, "I'm Sarah McLaughlin," and I just looked at you and I'm like, "Yes, you are." And the entire audience laughed at me for being stupid. Yeah, and then. then like you guys started adopting these abused puppies and I would address them. I was like, oh, this one has cigarette burns all over them. And then Jim <laughs> and John were picking up the puppies and then they started throwing the puppies, which is well, because prompted us to throw them because John uh, was 
accusing you of doing it for the money. That's right. And there yeah, was like was corporate greed. These are corporate greed puppies. And I started choking one and then John threw one and, and the whole audience went, oh, <laughs> they thought we threw real puppies. Yeah. <laughs> they real abused it. puppies. That's how we know we had a good connection. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if we were, if they were in a hurry yesterday because they played the whole Ancham Strange. Like, Usually, there were so many people. I bet it was oh, okay. in time. But it's hard to fit that many bodies. Because usually, traditionally, they'll draw all the names for separate games, then put the names back in the hat and choose some names for long form. Instead, what they did yesterday was they drew names for like like five or six people a game sometimes. And then the names that were left, they said, you guys are in the long form. They've done that be. before. I've seen Oh, that. have they? Okay. Mm-hmm. To be when it's crowded, that's when it happens. Yeah, and it was crowded last night. Yeah, it was. I mean, it could have used one more there. Yeah. I know. I should have been there because you know what I didn't do? Homework. Are you serious? I believe that 100%. (sighs) No, wait, wait, wait. That was yesterday? I took a test. I did. I did. I took a test online. Oh, yeah. I I remember the test where you had the laptop. You sound like two laptops. You sound like a line boyfriend. I wonder why a test would require two laptops, Heather. (laughs) One laptop to take the test, the other laptop to look up the answers. Cheating? Mm -hmm. Interesting. If it's a take-home test, there's no such thing as cheating. Okay, good point. Well, someone else does it for you. I did it all by myself. You didn't outsource it? To I like... didn't get a very good grade, so it's fine. <laughs> That's <laughs> the <laughs> saddest part about it. It was oh. hard, you guys. We feel better? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's see, what else? Also, Jamie Moyer was in town last night. She's oh, funny. Yeah. Jamie yeah. Moyer is hilarious. Yeah. yeah, I can see like she's... She has a very big personality. Yeah. I'll say that. Like, she added things to scenes just by little things. <laughs> she like added. The most standout thing to me was when she walked into some, like, uh, the other person's house, and then she goes, Ooh, dusty. You know, like, she's just. <laughs> it was such a sick burn. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was. <laughs> when she was there with Mark, and she was just like. <laughs> That cum stay that you've been referring to. Because nobody wanted to say cum. Yeah. yeah. They're all like, oh, there's this crusty white spot. She's like, yeah, you got that fucking cum stay too. <laughs> and also when she just started rubbing his dick. Like, we're together. And she started rubbing his nipples. Yeah. And, and, he is, and his crotch. He's a gay dude, right? Oh, yeah. Mark's very gay. That's what I thought. Shout out to Mark Sobolewski. <laughs> I don't want to personal Personal friend and certified gay guy. But, uh... He used to date a friend of mine. That's she fine. rubbed his dick and, and he was just you. had this look on his face like, why the fuck would you touch me? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Oh, good times. Good times. See, I'm just utilizing the part where they say it's good. It's okay to have silences and improv. Yeah. I, I like some, it. Also, like the scenes, the scenes we did today with the, just taking like a big pause in between the lines. Those were the best ones all day. Yeah. It's definitely true. Mm-hmm. I would say, like, I don't know, like, I said this to you guys before. I thought that today's class was a bit of a bummer. This whole day was a bummer. Yeah. What it is. It Weather. Was a, it was a rainy day. It was thundering during class. And Boss, my dog, my greyhound, he gets, he gets scared during uh, thunder. Like, he starts I shivering. I, yeah, I, hear it I heard it when he got, because I'm sensitive to it, because I care about something else besides myself, guys. A little bit learned. Wow. Yeah. Um, and. I was just like, and then the class too. I was saying this before class. It's like, I just leave class sometimes now feeling very confused about. Because there's always this thing that is hammered into us. Like, don't be jokey. Don't be jokey. 
And I understand that. But then we'll go through and do scenes in class where there's there's no laughs. And frankly, I mean, I don't know. I see the emotional connection. But I don't know if the point is to like work on establishing. That's what I'm confused about. Is the point to work on establishing an emotional uh, connection and not worry about getting a laugh so that in the real situation you should? Or is he saying that it's if, if you get an emotional connection but no laughs, then that's fine. I don't agree with the latter statement. I think they're looking for organic jokes to come out, not which a lot of the times I feel like they are, even though Bob doesn't believe it. But it's like they want the jokes to be something that comes from the emotional connection and not like a play on words. Yeah, the joke is like having a reaction to what they're saying. Yeah, but I, okay. I don't really agree with that. Like, I agree with it somewhat, but I don't I don't agree with it 100%. I think some of those jokes are just natural part of conversation. I'm trying to be open to the idea of it because I know like I like wordplay and doing things like that, but I was doing things today that I didn't feel were jokey things. Like what I was trying to do was, you know, how is today different from any other day? You know, like Jim and I did a scene where I was... Uh, he, he was a kid and I was a mother. Like, we kind of, like, expanded onto the scene. And then he said, it started out by saying, like, cops are assholes or he's an asshole. And I'm like, well, he's your father, you know. And I uh, thought that was a great add-on. But, again, he thought, you know, our, our teacher felt, and I'm not saying he's wrong. He's probably right. I just couldn't grasp the concept of it. I'm like, well, to me, that's not being jokey, you know. Like, and, but to him it was. So I was like, well, how do you, how do you make that differentiation well he had i wrote down some of the notes he was giving us because i i was really happy for one that he started giving us notes on a set which he had yeah, not done before i he did do that i, I like the way he did yeah that. it was very detailed good um but he said about that scene let me find the i have a couple notes here uh i was wondering what you were doing i saw you scribbling yeah. away yeah i was like why is he on his phone i didn't notice at all i have a phone with a stylus so i can write notes and be cool yeah you wrote this with a stylus hell yeah oh you're like the first person i know to actually use a stylus for something i see it in the commercials all the time and like with look, anything just... with a stylus oh yeah look at that and usually people just circle something in the commercials i'm like what job do you just need to do nothing but circle stuff if you pull it out it'll unlock the phone and then i just like hit the that's button. what she said joking jokes guys oh. it's nice all right but uh there were too many scenes like there were too many layers to the scene he said and i thought that yeah. was true because you had the cop and the father but then you added marijuana There's and a then a lot of stuff yeah there was a lot of I want to say unnecessary things that didn't support like the fatherhood thing. I think if you just ran with that and ignored the marijuana, it would have made it stronger. Yeah. Cause every time you add something big, it's like you have to ignore something else, you know? Yeah. I, I don't disagree with that, but I feel like everything, and it wasn't just that it was, uh, was that the one after he started going like stressing about being jokey or was it something else? I, feel um, like I did another thing too. And then he was like, Oh, I think that was a different one. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just confused about that. And even like Jamie Moyer yesterday, like she did stuff that I thought were straight up jokes, you know, but they were funny, you know, like she she's awesome at that. 
And then she was drunk. I had, oh, this is talking out of school. I don't care. She won't care. Uh, she she was behind the bar. Like, Jim, we were at the bar last night at Seven Brothers. And Jim's like, I hate to be the first to leave. You know? Like, I want to. I was like, I'll leave with you. You know, I'll leave before you. He was like, fine. So we're about to leave. And right as Jim's like about to hit the door, Jamie Moore is behind the bar. And she's like, drink it, Seven Brothers. Seven nights a week. And everybody's like, yeah. And she's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, every day of the week. Yeah, they're like, yeah. You, she know. Did, you left and she did that like 14 times. Yeah, see? So so Jim's like worst fears were like played out. You know, like yeah. all this fun started happening. And so, she hugged everybody at the end of the night. Uh, oh, my. Unbelievable. See, I missed it. Up. That's why I didn't want to leave. It was after hours. We were in a speakeasy, technically. Yeah. Or actually, they weren't serving liquor anymore, so not really. Yeah, I know. Why do you got to ruin everything, John? Because I don't want the government to come down on Seven Brothers. That's true. Yeah, nothing happened bad. It's cool. (laughs) It was cool. But it was just like, and then the funniest part, she's like, it's a drinking brother seven nights a week. And she's like, is somebody videotaping this? (laughs) 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 So, but yeah, like, that's my point. It's like, I don't know. I'm really struggling this I, semester to find that. Balance. I think it. I think what Bob means is the joke is like you're making a, um, like a joke that kind of negates what the other person is saying. I don't know if it's negating the other person what they're saying, but they're you're kind of taking away from the emotional impact. That yeah, because he's worried it's, about it's releasing tension every time you get a laugh, so you might lose some power. But yeah, I'm finding that. I'm very finding it very hard to figure out what it is he exactly wants. I understand like kind of the base concept of it, but I've yet to see that really play out well. You know what I mean? Like maybe I'm just not. Maybe I have to focus more on like how people are doing their sets. Like, um, you know, like I talk about the Planet Ant Home Team, which I think is really good, and it's a really good lesson in like learning how to they put they work the jokes in though with the emotional content. Yeah. Behind. So it's it's hard to take an example from him because I see him do it every week. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Part of it was the mood, too. Even Bob said, like, the mood was kind of somber. Like, it was kind of like... We were all really negative. Yeah. I mean, Jim said he was tired. I was just like... Even all day, I was just feeling like... Yeah, my parents were flying back from India. That always stresses me out a little bit. I'm just like, uh, you know, I hope the plane doesn't crash. So... A lot well, of our scenes were about conflict today. We are just fighting each other instead of yeah. cooperating. Yeah. Especially... Um, well, maybe we should talk about this study we did, too. Oh, yeah. We were also members of a study for this uh, woman that was doing a uh, her doctorate at UD Mercy. I don't need to give out all the details. She's also getting married in three weeks. Her fiancé was there helping with the study. I don't need to give out a lot of details. She took the complete improv course. Yeah, it was a study them. about uh, like group creativity. Yeah, and the, the effect of like improv on like creativity and mood, I think, she said. Something. And anyway, so we had to take a survey do a 15 minute set that felt like three hours that in front of nobody except for her fiance and uh just from uh, go comedy who was looking at her phone she was just waiting there to shut off the shut down the place uh or lock up the place and uh then we had to take another survey afterwards and i've had some experience like when i did the rehearsal for the the draft it was kind of like that but at least the other cast members were laughing you know there was more people like with the let me ask so one group was um steve jim and myself and the other group was frank heather and john um and our group was uh we did like a combination like the first scene i actually stood back 
and walked in because I wasn't sure if they wanted us to do everything at once. But after that, all the scenes were three-person scenes pretty much. Is that did you guys like do one long scene or did you like call scene on yourself? Uh, well, they said at the beginning that you had to have at least more than one scene. Mm-hmm. Oh, she did say that. I forgot about uh, that part. Yeah. But we did. We ended up having like five scenes, and yeah. I think three of them turned into two person scenes. Oh, okay, like someone walked off. Yeah, Frank started it by not wanting to participate. We weren't cool enough for him. <laughs> um, but I mean, it just it kind of worked out. Because the last person can call scene or go in. Yeah, that Jim and I agreed. We were talking about this. It's very hard to call scene while you're in a scene. You're just yeah. like, oh man. I did it the first scene, and it. I was just like, oh, not right. No, no. Our point is, if you're if everybody's in a scene, then somebody in the scene is supposed to call scene. Right. Well, yeah, but normally you don't. Normally it doesn't. Yeah. Well, that's what we're talking Mike, about. I think it was Mike McGettin and said uh, that if you call scene on yourself, it's like you're giving up. No, Bob said that actually. Oh, was it? He'll be flattered to hear yeah. you say that. But it was. I thought that was a great line. It looks like the audience that you're just giving yeah. up on yourself. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so then, how, I guess, like, how did you guys feel about taking? Well, I will say one difference in the group was Jim, and uh, our group, the cool group. Sorry, was not sorry that we had to focus on something very happy and write a little essay about it. Yeah, the uh, we so we had to fill out some paperwork at the beginning of like what our feelings were. It was like scale of 1 to 5 and like a bunch of questions about our feelings and then a 10 minute 10 minutes to write an essay about uh, a, an experience that made us very happy and then after that it was like another couple of questions. And then we did a 15 minute set and at the end, at the end after that it was more questions about how we felt. So, Jim, what was the happy moment that you focused on? The that's what that's what upset me because my question was, you know, what are some happy? What's like a really happy moment and name specifically what happened and all the details? And we all know that Jim has no emotions. And I was getting upset because I couldn't think of one. <laughs> what? And I was like, "Fuck this question! How dare they?" Because I can think of so many like bad experiences, and then. And then to assume that I can just pick a good one off the top of my head is like, yeah. Fuck them for thinking you had a happy life. Yeah. So were you able to think of a happy moment? Yeah, some bullshit. So was was it not an authentic moment? You just made it up or did you? No, was, it wasn't was, like a moment because I don't think in terms of like a specific moment in details and stuff. I think of like periods in my life. I don't think of like oh. one single day in this one event. My... Like, I don't operate that way. That's interesting. I, I did the same thing. I wrote about an event that spanned like a month. Yeah. Wow. You guys, so you guys are like Cloud Atlas. I focus on specific moments all the time. I do Me not too. at all. I mean, I, and I can have like 700 different emotions and moments in yeah, one day. Yeah, me too. But I don't think of like a moment like, oh, I dropped my phone and it cracked. But like the act of breaking a phone is an event that getting it repaired or replaced spans whatever time and i think more of the events of it rather than that just one breaking moment so if there's an event like for example let's say a birthday party you know or like a specific christmas when you got something you want you guys never think of specific moments like that well you say a specific moment but even that example is an entire day i don't it didn't say moment did it yeah it was like a specific event or something yeah so in a Okay, well, specific You're, event then. You think of a moment as like one thing that happened, but even for like oh, Christmas, that's an entire day of events. 
But aren't there, I guess when I think of in terms of a positive thing, there's something positive, like a highlight of that day, you know? I remember lots of moments. Yeah. Well, it's, I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just interesting. I yeah. always thought in terms of, like, I, for me, that question was relatively easy to answer. Just, yeah. Despite my... It wasn't life. for me. I think of experience as transient. Hmm. Like Tibetan monks. Yeah. So, Be- John, do you want to share your moment? Oh, like, what I should say is... The, the Heather John group was, instead of at, at being asked to share a uh, happy event, they were asked to share a sad event. So but yeah. I'll say my event was, my happy event was when I learned I got a new job. I felt happy. Like the mo- I got the phone call and I was like, so, John, would you like to share? Oh, I, like You can decline. That's fine. Uh, I'm not going to just because it was about a person. And if they ever listen to the podcast, I don't want them to be like, ooh, I'm emotional. You want to say their name so we can all tell them to fuck off? Or ruin them <laughs> oh, it's because it was a sad event. and it was. Bad. Yeah, because it was a sad event. And I don't want to try and put that on somebody. Okay. Well, fuck your sadness, whoever. But I thought, yeah. I thought originally that it was going to be mixed emotions through the groups. Mm-hmm. But it was each group got their own emotion, which I thought was interesting. See, I thought that the study might not be even about filling out the test. Like it was whether we interact with a guy that, you know, nobody talked to, her fiance. <laughs> so I made sure to talk to him. I told him that. I'm like, that was the real study. <laughs> and I passed. That was his study mm-hmm. about whether he should go through and marry her. Yeah. So oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> uh, Heather, would you like to share your sad moment? I will share. Okay. I wrote about um, the day that I thought my cat was going to die. Your current cat? Yes. So. Why did you think your your cat was going to die? Well, she was sick. So I took her to the vet. I don't know what was wrong with her. And then the vet, I guess mine spanned over more than one day. But it was, the vet called me and was like, she's severely anemic and she needs a blood transfusion right now. So I was like frantic trying to like get my clothes on and like get everything together you were naked when you got the news no but i i um i wasn't naked but i wasn't dressed enough to go outside okay half naked so you were shoes on you were topless and wearing uggs boobs out i don't ever just let them be free like that (laughs) (laughs) okay so um so it was like Frantically trying to get everything together while the vet is trying to give me like directions to go to this after hours place Transfusion where they're going to give my cat a blood transfusion. And then she told me how much it was going to cost. And then I just like broke down crying because I didn't have that much money. How much was it? It was like, she was like, oh, it's like a thousand to two thousand dollars. Oh, what the fuck? Maybe yeah. that's the first thing she should have told you. Yeah. Right. Saved yourself a trip. Well, I didn't go. Like she told me. That's how much it was going to cost. So then I just started crying because I was, I felt terrible that I wasn't going to be able to do that. Did you think about asking your parents for the money? No. Would they have? No. So what happened? So the vet was like, all right, well, just keep giving her the medicine and we'll just wait and see what happens. So, um, so I sat on my couch all day and cried and cried and watched my cat and just watched her breathing like every breath was going to be the last one and just cry ugly cried and like talked to my cat. I feel like their crying saved your cat cuz she saw you crying. She's like I have to recover my strength so I can go bite the shit out and of her. And the cat yeah. lived and you saved a thousand to 2000. dollars Yeah. So do you still go to the same vet? 
Yeah, she's. A, I haven't taken her in a while, but um, that's a very good vet. Is it? Well, yeah. I mean, giving the blood transfusion probably raised her chances of yeah. recovery. Yeah. It wasn't something that was. I mean, required, her blood but count helpful. was like really super low, apparently. Heather, can I just say that is the most interesting story that you've told? Mm, yeah, it's up there. Really? It's yeah. about my cat crying about my cat. Because the stakes were really high. It wasn't about like some bullshit paper you got to write or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it was compelling. I wouldn't have put it that way. But <laughs> Jim wants me to punch him. So this is an interesting fact I learned on a website. Let me stop you right there, Job. Go You're going to gonna say that cats are so good at filtering stuff through their kidneys that they can drink seawater every day. No. Is that true? Oh. <laughs> it's true, though? It's true. I read it on Reddit. Cats oh. have no... I read this on Reddit, too. They have nine lives. Cats... No, that's not true. <laughs> Cats yeah. uh, don't have any antibodies against dog blood, so once they can re- receive dog's blood as a transfusion, but if they receive it a second time, they'll die from it. Wow. Because their body will develop the antibodies. antibody against dog's blood after the first time they get it. Man, I totally thought you were going to say the seawater thing because I saw it on Reddit and I was like, how fucking awesome would it be if I... Like, how fucking awesome and sad. Yeah. Ha. Going back to the study, doing a 15-minute long-form set with three people and no audience <laughs> is the hardest thing. I think the three-person set was the worst because for long-form, I wanted to have at least four yeah, that's a good point. It's yeah. hard to do it with three people. Because four lets you get a three-person scene with one person to call scene. So there were two people in the audience, the guy with the camera and one of the... Jess. And Jess, yeah, who was from... waiting to close the place. And in 15 minutes, we got one laugh. And it was funny, too. Like, when we started, Jess was just, like, looking... She was actually watching our set. And then when I looked up again at the end of the set, she was looking at her phone. She's like, I don't give a shit. That's how I felt on the inside. (laughs) I was like, if I could have pulled up my phone during our set and started looking at it, I would have done it. I started looking at the clock. So today, Romeo, the thing is, there's times when I do improv when I don't, like, feel like it. You know, like, I'll be like, I don't want to go to, like, Planet Ann or Fresh Sauce or even class. Sometimes I'll just be like, yeah, I'm not feeling it. But I always do. Um, do you guys ever have those same feelings and how do you deal with them? Definitely. Today I was kind of like bummed out. Yeah. And then, I don't know. It's just, you do it. Yeah. There's like, usually for Mondays, uh, I always go. I think there's been like, there's been a day when I was sick where I didn't go. And then I think there was one other day where I was just like, I don't feel like leaving the house. Yeah, of all of us, I would say you're you attend the most like events, for sure. I guess I don't really attend that many, as long as you don't like class. I go to because I pay for it, and yeah, I'm gonna yeah. go to it. Well, I mean, in terms of like yeah. attendance, you're like you would lead the class if we're a class, you lead the class. Then attendance for like extracurricular events. I guess Heather was with you for a while, but then. She's focused on her future. She always lagged back a little bit. She'd always be like, well, I want to go, but I got to go drink. But then usually... What? With your friends. I never... You guys are my friends. Your other girly friends. I don't ever even hang out with my other friends. You did like last year. Oh, really? Don't did last year. They were in town or something. I don't know. I don't know. That's you fine. abandoned us for Heather, that. what do you do when you don't feel like going to class? How do you get through it? Well, I just know that 
I'm going to be with my friends and it'll be fun. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. If only I could bring my dog to class, then it'd be perfect. You just sleep at the corner and all would be right. Oh, Heather, you were telling us a story and I told you to hold off on it because it was so great. <laughs> this is just a great story. Um, so you had a friend who is gay, who is gay. Yes. And he was picked on in school by another boy. Yes. So tell us the story of this boy. So my one of my best friends in high school. He had anemia and the vet said he needed a blood transfusion. No. No? Okay. He, <laughs> um, he came out in high school and there was this one guy that always would like harass him, like say things to him, call him names. He would like spit at him in the hallway. Wow. Yeah. And it was like an issue. So would he actually spit when you say at him, like he would connect, like he'd spit on his person or just spit at the floor at his feet? I don't know. I I never witnessed it. Oh. But, um, yeah. So that happened. And then fast forward like eight years or something. um, I don't know. I don't know what order to tell this in because, okay. Well, so, let's say let's talk a little bit about this guy. Was he like a captain of the football type yeah, of guy? Yeah, he was like a wrestler jock, like yeah. Did you have a crush on him? Never. Wow. No. Was this he is like the only guy? Yeah. No, that's not my type of guy. Homophobes? Yeah, I don't like homophobes. I don't like douchebags and I don't really usually like the jock athletic type. Do you like bad boys? Um but they have to have like a big heart. You so they have a big heart full of hate. Bad no, boys. No, bad boy. Like someone who loves love. <laughs> so <laughs> I just love saying that. All right, so that's a call. That's a deep callback. All right, so um, so I had been looking at this website. Um, what do you mean you? Okay, what kind of website? It was porn. Well, just give the address for our audience. Huh? For our audience. I was like, uh, I believe it was Xtube. Okay. We've all heard of it. Yeah. So I had had been browsing some videos and um, apparently even when you say you're a, a girl that likes girls, they still like to show you ads for gay porn. Yeah. Like men gay porn. Um. So Obviously, I, gay doesn't mean girl on girl. Yeah, you mean men. You mean ass on ass. Well, yeah, but like I would put in the search that I was a girl looking. For and they would ignore girls. that. And mm-hmm. give right, because porn sites are stupid and they don't pay attention. It was just the ads. Yeah, it would turn into dick and guy butt jamboree. Well, <laughs> but I kept seeing this ad and it was just one guy and it was like called Bored Straight boys or whatever it was just this guy it was name. just this guy like laying there naked but like you could just see like his ass and his face and his, i was his like board face was, was he like, laying there like a board no and i was like <laughs> that guy it? looks so familiar that guy totally looks like this guy i went to high school with that's so weird. That guy looks just like this guy. And so then um, that 
happened for a few months, and then... Wait, what do you mean that happened for a few months? I kept seeing the ad. <laughs> didn't you click on it? No, I didn't want to watch gay porn. I wanted to watch lesbian minute. porn only. Wait a minute. That is gay porn. I'm not gay. No. And by the way, no guy in this room would ever be so bored that they'd want to fuck a guy. That's a crazy premise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to speak for John and Jim you in know, this case. I, I never watched it, but the impression I got from it was, wasn't that it was... Um, the impression I got was that it was solo kind of stuff or oh, like okay. okay but anyway about like, this guy he looked yeah, yeah. familiar yeah okay that's and my then, question like okay what? if i saw somebody like a like a guy like if i saw uh an ad for gay porn and it looked like somebody i went to high school with i'm not gay but i'm clicking on that ad you yeah. got to get their name out of yeah. the credits you got to watch at least 10 minutes of that you know what yeah. i might ha- you know what i think that eventually i did click on it but i couldn't find like it was just a bunch of videos and i didn't know oh, how to find oh it was find- just a clickbait I didn't know how to find a video that he was in. Okay, so this was the bully. So my friend, so my gay friend. Jim, what the fuck, man? Oh, my God. The cat story was so much better. I know. So my gay friend calls me one day or texts me. I don't know. And he's like, you'll never guess what someone just told me. And it was that this guy does, this bully from high school does gay porn. I was like, wait a minute. I've seen it. Let me go find it. Wait a minute. So you're telling me that your best friend was harassed by a guy in high school. You happen to see that guy on a gay porn ad and you don't tell your friend? Well. It, he has to bring it up? Like, what kind of friend are you? So well, self-centered. I didn't know that it was him. I just thought it looked like him. Even if it looked like him. I never him, thought it would be him. But even if you thought it looked like him, wouldn't you show, like send him a link and like, hey, look at this. Isn't no, this I hilarious? Wouldn't send him I've seen I... pictures of girls that look like girls I know, and I email him the picture immediately like, is this you? <laughs> I need to know. I need to know. We're going to explore that in our restraining order episode, but... Well, I wasn't. Ter- I don't know. I feel like I didn't. I didn't want to put it all out there. I was. I was frequenting this website, oh, which sounds. Doesn't which your friend weird to you guys? But at the time, no, I don't tell. So, everybody. Do your is your gay friend? He confirmed that it was the bully. Yeah, I mean, I sent him the picture, and we were like, "Oh my god, that's totally him." Okay. So. Do you think uh, they hooked up later? No. Hate fuck. It's called hate fucking. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm the didn't. top now. Like, is your friend a top or a bottom? Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't want to know. Uh, I mean, I think I feel like a girl would want to know. Like, if she talks to her mm. gay. We're, we were best friends in high school, but we're not terribly close now. Oh, you never said that. That's the first time you said this. Oh, okay. Who's your best friend now? Me, John, or Jim? None of you are. You're, you're, um, you're collectively my yeah, like fourth I agree. best friend. That means Jim. She Whoa, looked at, she looked at Jim. Best. I agree. She looked at Jim. I'm the, the whole favorite, time. but we are. I didn't look at Jim a, at a, all. He used, to be, he used to be my favorite, you know. I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> that was like a pot laugh in honor of 420, which was yesterday. Thank you. Um, anybody smoke weed on 420? No. No, I'm not allowed to do things like that anymore. No. You're anonymous. You can say the truth. It's the truth. I'm not allowed. To, they they oh, may drug right. you test get random me. They may drug yeah. test me, so I don't do that. That's weird. I didn't do it for two reasons. I may need to get a drug test soon if I ever get a job, and also because I've never felt high from marijuana. Oh, that's right. You said that. I didn't do it because I used to be severely addicted to marijuana. Yeah, I didn't do it because I'm not cool. 
And if I if I do it once, I'll be I'll start doing it every single day. So do you believe that mar- marijuana addiction is real or is it a psychological thing? No, it's real. Both. Yeah. It's definitely real, especially because after there's one period where I was doing it every day for like two years and quitting. There were definitely serious withdrawals. Like, how did you like just suddenly quit one day if you're doing because two years is a that's a pretty big stretch. Yeah. Did you just like decide like, ah, man, I'm done. Or was it like an event? Was there an event in your was life? It a, was it a happy event or was it a sad event? <laughs> disagree? No, slightly me, disagree? It took me several tries. Okay. It took me several, several tries. Yeah. And they don't have like a weed. You know what? Dispensary should start selling the weed paps to quit marijuana. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> but it's not really the same. Why not? Because it's not physically addictive like nicotine you we were just talking about if it was physical yeah. or psychological and you said yes it's both no, well i you said is it addictive or is it psychological and i said both i see what you're saying but it's jim would say there's addictive a, and it's but it's, i think there's i think there's definitely a physical addiction to it but it's not as severe as other yeah there's a, there's a mental addiction to the physical pleasure it gives yeah so you wouldn't say that like your body had like with withdrawal pains uh i wouldn't say it was pains but it was like um pains but it's definitely addiction because it's like a form of escape you know anyone has any kind of like serious hobbies or anything to like distract them from from other things it's a way of like escaping like a podcast yeah, like a comedy or a podcast or people with like video game addictions and stuff. It's just a way or to sex. like sex. Sex. Sex addiction is a thing. There's never enough. Yeah, I mean, I stopped playing video games kind of for that reason because I like playing adventure games like Zelda or, you know, Revenge of Shinobi. And I would just play it obsessively, like get up in the morning, play it, go to work, come back, play it, play it, like barely sleep. Yeah. Until I beat it, and then I would be sad. I'm like, oh, now I'm, I'm now I'm out of this world where all my friends are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's sad. That's why I don't play it anymore. So that was a serious thing, and I think actually that's one of the reasons I when I did go to Japan for three weeks, I like stopped and I decided. Oh, so you would like you were smoking like every day up until you went to Japan? Um, I think I was like in the process of trying to quit. And I definitely went, and over the course of three weeks, you know, not not doing it. So and when we, I got back, I decided that I wasn't gonna do it anymore. You can cut out all this stuff about my drug addictions, right? Do you want me to? No, <laughs> my hurt is. Well, you're the one that's the cutting expert. Yeah, but I think marijuana has reached a place in our society where doing it is so acceptable. It's like it's highly unlikely to hurt you in any way. I did have a license. I used to have a license for marijuana. Okay, even if you doing. didn't though. I, I just think it's so accepted that it's, you know, it might I, I think know. psychedelics should be just as accepted because there's a lot of medical psychedelics spruce. are like not recreational. They're not fun. They're like to me they're learning people experiences. People do it for fun, which I think is weird even though Yeah, but people all do the like, stories yeah. that you hear like I was seeing bat creatures attacking like yeah. Yeah. What a recreational drug for you. They're That's... not. They're not fun. They have like misconceptions about it. They're like teacher drugs, where they call them teachers because like you're supposed to just kind of like meditate and and expand. I would actually like to see more like sort of churches, but just like places that give you a good environment to do psychedelics and kind of explore. Yeah. Oh, like your the mind. Hog, the hog farm. 
Have any of you guys tried psychedelics? Heather, John? No. Mm, I smoked salvia one uh, time. That's a very young person thing to do. Did you see Miley Cyrus do it? Then you wanted to do it? Mm, I did it when Miley Cyrus was still a child. Oh, okay. Wow. So yesterday. So what was that like for you, Heather? Um, the first time we did it, nothing happened. Um, so we we tried it again later, and um, it was very it's very short lived. Yeah. So. I th- I thought I was a boat, like I was a boat in the forest, and my friends were helping build me. That's awesome. what I thought. When so they were building you away from water. Yeah. That could be like the ark, biblical. So maybe it was spiritual. I don't know. Did you? Uh, it's a, it's a pretty quick high though, right? Yeah, it, it lasted for seconds. So now we're gonna go into a portion of the show called notes mode, in which John's uh, covers the notes we got in class today. This is the first time because the first time we got notes. Notes are good. So we did a twenty minute set. And uh, similar to our class show, and our teacher Bob gave us notes on what he thought, and so John's going to cover like the the high points or the key points. Yeah, just the key points he told us. Um, I think the first thing that I don't think he was really gone over before. The first scene should be short. Yeah, I've never heard that before. I mean, it makes sense. I think I've, I've heard, heard that, that before, but it's we didn't hear that during the advanced classes. I think I, I've heard that many times at Planet Amp. I think. Yeah, I think I've heard it once at Go Comedy, but I don't think it was ever during the advanced portion. He called it the pancake because the first pancake should be it's like crispy. It's always better than the other pancakes. No. No, it's worse than it's the other pancakes. It's always worse. No, I love the first pancake. Well, well you, that the first pancake is your test pancake. See, that's why you always leave class confused. Is yeah. that right? There's so analogies. You, so you agree with the pancake thing? I have no idea what the fuck that means. I don't, for regular pancakes, we I kind of means. disagree. Uh, but for like the little French crepes. No. Any the kind. first one doesn't come out, like doesn't separate Are we from talking the pan. about food or improv right yeah, now? Yeah. We're talking about an analogy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about crepes. I'm just. Uh, uh, they are a pancake though. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. No, I, I'm, I Didn't disagree. Did you ever watch sure. Talladega Nights? Yeah. Okay. I get the reference, but I, I, I don't know. Look, that first pancake, when you make it in the pan, you put some butter in the pan and you pour it in there. So then the edges are crispy. And then I I don't put butter for the rest because the pan's already like greased. I'm going to cut all this out. That's fine. No. So first scene, cut it short. (laughs) Yeah. First scene. (laughs) I think we went over that well enough. We don't have to. That's what I mean. There's like so much like explanation for the explanations. I know. Sometimes. That's what conversations are all about. Otherwise, it's just like a five-minute podcast. Yeah, that's well, true. Well, I mean, for some of the feedback. And oh, class. yeah. But then the first, our pancake, which was a huge pancake, was Asshole Cop, um, which started because our suggestion was that cop's an asshole or something like that. Uh, yeah, Jimmy started off by saying that cop was an asshole. Yeah. And then I said that cop that is your father. Which I loved. I don't think, uh, well, I don't know. I, I just like, because it made it more of a relationship and you're talking about somebody that's important to the two of you. Yeah, but I have a feeling Bob thought that was jokey. So uh, I was self-conscious about being jokey today. I don't th- I would not say that was jokey at all. I think a bigger problem with that one 
is that just saying that that cop was an asshole? And I just thought of this seconds ago. It took the focus off the two of you and saying that he was that was his father brought the focus in better. Oh, because yeah. you don't want to talk about people that aren't there. But I guess in my head, I don't know if this was true of you, Jim. Like when you started talking about the cop and I said that cop is your father, I fully expected somebody to walk on and be the father at some point in that. And then, yeah, you did. I, yeah. I the second you said that I was just waiting for a moment where it would seem appropriate. Yeah. Uh, his other note on that was that there were too many layers in the scene, which I think was. Correct. Yeah, that's true. Totally. And part of that, I think, was having it go on. uh for a while but then yeah we did start adding layers like i said i was trying to build a relationship i think the problem we're building too many important facts instead of like less details yeah mm-hmm. i mean part of that is just stage time and building a relationship yeah uh the tone changed in the middle of it at which i think goes with too many uh scenes or whatever yeah layers. it did turn into i decided my emotion was going to be angry and i don't really care for that much yeah we we got we went to angry too many times throughout the whole class yeah we were really negative i guess yeah that was the note too um the next one after that was heights and he wanted more commitment because the person who was somebody was like looking over the edge of a building or sorry i'm just watching my dog look his asshole (laughs) i've never seen him do it before like he had his leg over his head and he was licking his asshole. I'm like, oh my god, sorry, John. I literally have never seen. It that was before. the most important thing we've talked about all night. Yeah. your dog's asshole. Sorry, uh, but the person that was was like afraid of heights or whatever was looking over the side of a building, and then yes, the other person decided it was don't jump, and he said we were yelling from the back like jump. Yeah. And Bob hated that. Yeah, he said that was jokey, but it was... It was a go-to joke. Yeah, it was a go-to joke, so it was acceptable. He said a lot of people... Like, you'll see even, like, you know, resident cast do that one. So, to me, that was the next evolution of it, but maybe... I thought that was totally, like... It was predictable, but funny. Yeah. Uh, But what I really liked was I think you did... This is the police. Don't jump. And, and then, then I yelled out, like, this is the crowd. Jump. Yeah. yeah. Which I thought was a great take on an old joke. Uh, I thought Frank had the best line where he just threw in, like, yeah, your mother molested you. It's like, <laughs> everybody yeah. just started laughing. Frank. Like, everybody. Uh, uh, that's why Frank is the best. <laughs> he wanted more commitment, which he wanted the person scared of heights to be more thoroughly scared of heights and not back away from it. Yeah. Because they kind of backed away from the edge and then talked about their first grade teachers and whatever. And he said that it felt like there were two different scenes because we weren't listening enough, which has been a big theme through our class, listening better. I think that, you know, just starting out in improv too, that's, I don't think these are unusual problems or, you know. Oh no, I think it's a totally natural problem. Mm -hmm. It's just some, it's hard to, like you're always listening, but it's hard to listen more. Yeah. And this is actually advanced one which is like an introduction to long form which is like under the assumption that we haven't had we haven't needed these skills up to this point which is kind of true because you're just doing like jokes and stuff you're not really building relationships and some of the skills though like the listening i wish they would have addressed way earlier yeah Yeah. like in middle school (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's not even a joke it's like come on man 
I mean, there there are better listeners than others. I will say that. That's that's true. That's the dip- and I'm not always the best at listening. I didn't. I missed the sewage thing. Today. Yeah, there's a couple times, but yeah, this scene was like so like flatline. There were like no stakes at all. Yeah, the parents, which is the next one. Yeah, yeah that's the one that we're talking one. about. Yeah, I just thought we'd let everybody else know we didn't transition very well. Yeah, I was trying. I was trying to figure out if Heather was like Jim was a girl or you were gay. Yeah, but if you had been listening. Yeah. Well, no, we. I was listening, and you were definitely a guy. Yeah. But no. Jim's character was never established. That's what I was trying. To, I knew you yeah. were a guy. I was yeah. trying to figure you out. You did if Jim say was a she guy. once, and I was like, I oh. I think I did. But you never. I don't think no. so. When someone said Lisa or something, I was like, oh. all right. I'm typical girl. Oh, and I, I wanted to tell you too, Heather. We had a thing in class where we we're playing psychiatrists or like in a psychiatrist's yes. office. I was not trying to like. I heard what you said. Yeah. What I was hoping to do was, like, I was gonna be like the crazy person saying, "No, I'm the psychiatrist," and then you would be like, "No, I'm the psychiatrist," and we would argue about, you know, like the whole that would be like the game of the scene of like who's really the psychiatrist here. But instead, you're like, but you just win. Yes, and we you. should wait yeah. until we get yeah. to the psychiatrist note, though. So no, okay, was that that, was that, that? Wasn't, that wasn't part of the set? Oh, no, it wasn't? that was no, that was the X. Weapon X. Yeah, oh, weapon that a. was Weapon yeah, yeah. X. Okay, sorry. I just interjected that. Where Bob would ring the bell, and then we'd have to uh, object work, pulling out a weapon. and It was hard because I couldn't think of any other weapons. Yeah, Besides you did a lot of knives. A yeah. knife, and a sword, yeah. and a gun, and something that blows up. And that's pretty much it. I did like yeah. your uh, TNT. That was a good one. Oh, thanks. My yeah. first yeah. one, I don't know if anybody got it, was a paper cut. I was trying to I, get that because yeah. I like ran it across. I thought face. it was just like a pen knife, but oh, paper okay. cut's way funnier. See, because at the end, I almost wanted to paper cut you. Oh, okay. Was Weapon X the first game we did? No. Um, what do we do? Oh, the first game? Because I feel like... Yeah, that might have been. That's, I feel like, was a lot of the confrontation was coming from that. Because mm-hmm. you were attacking each other, and I noticed this while we were playing it. Yeah. We're attacking each other, so every scene came out as a confrontation. Yeah, yeah. because, because we have to attack with imaginary weapons, like separate from the scene, but subconsciously we're like, I'm fighting him. Yeah, and even it came out in the scene, it was just all conflict. Like, yeah. I'm trying to build a reason why I want to hit you with a rocket launcher. And then we never got away from that conflict for the rest of the class. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's really what happened to us. It's yeah. all like a sub subtext. I do love scenes. Um, well, I guess we'll we'll get to the the note. Yeah, like the, the what's the next uh, thing? Uh, well, we were doing the parents as we sort of got into emotionally the four of us emotionally dead. It yeah. was the Everyone. podcast scene. I just felt we were stuck in just like every cliche. I, I like, thought you know. like. That was another question. He said, like, you know, how do I know? Like, I was rubbing your back for a good portion of that. Yeah, I uh, felt like it was really clear that you were my wife. Yeah, and I was like, man. And I felt that me. I was a really clear, like, dad, because I'm like, oh, my steaks. How do you feel about steak? And I was just being like a ridiculous jerk to the new girlfriend. No, I think it was clear. That part was clear. But I thought what Bob was talking about was your more your relationship with each other. Yeah. and Not your relationship to each other, but your relationship with each other. I think his weirdest note for that, because the relationship thing, I think we had to show not just between us, but between like it should be a spider web of relationship. Yeah. 
Yeah, that that was one of the weaker scenes overall. I thought. Yeah, I think it, I think the biggest problem was there were four of us. It was the biggest scene, and it was we don't know really how to get the relationship status between such a big group as well. Yeah. Because I don't. How many times have we done a four person scene? Not very often. Yeah, that's a good point. But uh, his weird note on that one was, uh, "Don't focus the conversation on an object." Which the only objects in that were we triscuits, talked, triscuits. We had well, we had triscuits. We had my steak, which I barely mentioned. But did we actually? Uh, what did you say specifically about the steak? Uh, you uh, you offered me a triscuit. And oh, I was that's like, right. No, yeah. I got my steak. And then I asked, like, do you like steak? Which I thought was. Then I got into grilling. Yeah, and like the grill, and it was just a short thing on propane or charcoal. Yeah. Which I felt we could have gone into, like, we kind of skipped over it, but there was a chance for us to show how we emotionally felt about her choice. Mm -hmm. And instead, we're just like, we got the answer, let's move on. Yeah. Yeah, like, and if we explored the emotion, like, we could have been like, that's amazing. You're in the family for sure because it's the best grilling answer we've ever heard. Yeah, I mean, it's like Jim said, it was just a very like, uh, you know, like, how do we... You know, I, I think, too, if we did the thing where we repeated the th- words, we'll get, we'll, we should address that, too, because that was a great game. Yeah, I thought that was but, actually uh, really useful. Like, in that game, uh, we played a game where before we could say anything, we had to repeat the line the person said previously. So it really forced you to listen to them. Uh, I felt it went really well when we stopped like performing what they said and started just repeating it. Yeah, in our own silently heads. in our heads. That yeah. was the second part of the exercise. And taking like a three second pause before you even start saying anything. But in the yeah. middle of that scene, I think the problem really arose when we got a response and we immediately, without thinking, threw out the next line and then we got off base from to, the relationship. Yeah, to his credit though, he did call out when that happened. Yeah. At least during the you know the, the line part of the exercise, I I really wish that he would have uh, emphasized it more for our long form set. Yeah, because it helped a lot. And if we had done that through the whole long form, oh, I, I agree. think we would have had much better. It definitely scenes. adds something. Like it made everybody stronger. I would say. Uh, let's see. Next scene was curling, which was kind of a weird suggestion uh, and we did something a couple of us did this in a couple different scenes we were doing an action and we were talking about it for my scene yeah. i was complaining about because it was confront it turned out confrontational yeah yeah uh but i was complaining about like oh you're curling in the house and don't do that and he was like don't talk about the action you're doing but if you don't want somebody curling in your house, that seems reasonable. I yeah, think the no, better yeah. note would have been to be more positive about it, which he did say too. Yeah. And he also made another good point, which is like he couldn't get a sense of the relationship between you two. Like, I thought you were the wife at first. I was never sure at all like what was going on. Like, I, I thought you were maybe a family member, but... You were like mad and then not. And then Frank, I wasn't sure like he would keep doing it. So, <laughs> yeah, I I don't even know. Like I, in my mind, it was a roommate, but it could have been anybody. Mm. Um, 
we should give names earlier in the scene because that would have helped, which goes back to the relationship. Because I did, I did name Frank eventually, I but know. I did it. I didn't force it out early. I just let it develop until I needed to call him by name. It was just so funny because you and the teacher got into it. It's like uh, where you were like, "Well, I said it at that." He's like, mm, "You know, like maybe say it at the beginning. Like, don't say it as a, like a reveal." You know, to to my credit, I said I didn't say it early enough. And then he continued to be like, don't save it till the end. Like I already said, I didn't say it early enough. Yeah, I don't think. Because I admitted my, like I admitted it was a mistake. I'm like, oh yeah, I said I just didn't do it early enough. Yeah, I think he didn't want you to explain what, he didn't care about your explanation. Well, well, what you said was, I did it at the end. Yeah. Well, yeah, because that's way funnier way to put it. It was, yeah. You're so hurt. I I have no problem saying stupid stuff yeah. if it's funny. Let's go on to the next scene. So after curling, we had the pillow forts. Pillow forts. Now these these type of scenes are my favorite kind of scenes because it's cooperating. It's a couple people cooperating over something that's ridiculous, and then the conflict will arise in the environment and through the situation, and not. Between the people, you know, it's like watching, it's like Dumb and Dumber. It's like if they try to do something it, and it fails, that's funny. It's not, the and conflict is not between the people. Yeah. And, you know, he made a good note of this is that we kind of got caught up a little bit in the technicality of it, you know, like oh, talking are, about building. The yeah. Floor. I'm like, well, here are the cushions, you know, yeah. but I was also trying to like establish status too, like trying to take like the high status or whatever. I definitely and, noticed you had the higher status in that. And then, but then, you know, I left my wife and then I lost it when uh, Steve showed up as my wife, uh, Maureen. Yeah. And he had a note that he doesn't like fake doors. That was a weird, that was the weirdest note because, and he said himself that he thought that was a weird, like a, an odd note because everybody does that. And he said he just decided, just realized like it never works. And I don't I'm like, like it. Like if Steve had just walked in and be like, yeah, I use my key. I don't I know think if it, that could have worked. Yeah, too. I don't know if it necessarily needs an explanation. Like, well, it, if it's brought up, yeah, I because it's true. It's like, do you really need an explanation to like you know? Because they do that in sitcoms all the time. How many unlocked doors are there in sitcoms where someone yeah. just like opens the yeah. door? You know, so. but it turned into it turned into an argument with his ex wife and stuff. But I've been in some scenes where it's just it's just like if a couple guys were building a fort. You can make that really entertaining. Yeah, well, he was talking about the episode of Community, which I've seen, where they have like basically the whole campus makes like a fort. It's awesome. It really like in is. the dorms and got, everything, like, it like stretches like towns floors. inside of it. Yeah, and it's all cooperative. <laughs> but there is an external force trying to bring down the actually the people that like the fort turn tear it down because it becomes too much. But mm-hmm. community that's why community's great at like fucking with archetypes. Dan Harmon um, catches Harmontown podcast. You know the overflow from our podcast audience can go listen to Harmontown. <laughs> <sighs> so anyway, those are my favorite scenes, the kind where you're working together and you fail anyway. Yeah. I, I, I mean, feel like if you had just made the fort while talking about the ex-wife and then even if Steve hadn't come in, if like the fort, you talked about the structural integrity. Well, I was just trying to be stupid basically. <clears throat> yeah, I but I thought that was a good line. Yeah. If you hadn't talked about the fort and then you get in like, Mm, it's not really up to code. And then later, like you get buried under it. Yeah. That would have been hilarious. I see like an example would be like the stepbrothers, stepbrothers movie. Yeah. They they're, make the beds. They're and building then... a fort and it's yeah. awesome. It's so funny. Yeah. 
this was a terrible idea. Why did you let us do this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I was thinking that would be a good improv game. It's called uh, <coughs> like over describing like whatever like in the scene if you make any kind of like movement or object work you know like you have to, or it's called like stage directions so like it's like hey heather how you doing waves to heather you know and just like <laughs> and then like it reacts visibly hurt you know like yeah. just like that i think that'd be i funny. think it would be better like uh oh the one where you do the dialogue for the person the person does their own dialogue but somebody from the back's like wave to heather mm. and you have to do the physical out action maybe call it daredevil because he's blind oh by the way blind people are protesting against daredevil that's weird because it's been around for 50 years well the specific uh there's a new series on netflix yeah uh, yeah it, but it's done after the uh oh. <laughs> there's like i'm uh, my brain's frying the frank i don't know it's what we're talking about daredevil it's this uh it's about a blind superhero okay it's like the gritty frank miller's daredevil though which has been around for yeah People forever get their, people get their ass kicked in the show but anyway uh that's much to do that's much to do about nothing all yeah. right so after it's the, off topic yeah after the fort scene taxes taxes and for taxes it was me and heather the best duo but the least favorite scene of frank or uh, um bob that one like we started and we were talking about tax doing taxes a little bit and it could have gone a little faster. I know the pacing was slow for that. But we were doing object work like we were filling out taxes. And I just started being like, I fucking hate taxes. Yeah. And he, one of his notes was like, don't talk about what you're doing. But I don't see it. Like, I'm not going to talk about how much I hate doing my taxes and not be doing them. Well, maybe what he was saying is you shouldn't focus on the act of taxes, but more about the relationship between you two. Like when she started talking about going out to the forest. Yeah, I. that's true. But I think the better note would have been to just like hurry that along. Yeah. But we like didn't if, have to. It didn't have to be about us. No, but I'm saying taxes. that. that but your force, your force line was great because Heather said at one point like, We'll just go to the forest. Let's just run away to the forest. See, and that's the kind of scenes that I like where it's like two people cooperating and it's like, let's see what kind of trouble we can get into. Yeah. Because you know, if you could cut to them living in the forest, it would be shit going wrong. I feel like maybe not everyone is ready. Not everyone in the class is ready for it. Yeah, because if you start getting like... Because we go go to Planet Ant every Monday and, and watch them do it. Um... But other people don't. That's true. But it's it's frustrating at times because I no, see things I, where, yeah. oh, this could be like so much, you know. But, so I, think but I understand it is, the reason. I think it is a good way to learn how to just build scenes. Because yeah. yeah. cutting is a way to like get out of the scene um, instead of yeah. just learning how to build it. That's true. Okay, that's a fair point. I'll take that. Uh, so what's uh, what came after uh, taxes? Well... Taxes, uh, he was, he wanted us to really jump on the forest idea. So as soon as an, uh, a really unique idea comes out, don't dick around. If they're like, oh, the forest, don't be like, that sounds like a good idea. Maybe we'll do that one day. Just be like, fucking leaving right this second. Yeah, you know? be super agreeable. Yeah. I mean, and be not like, yeah, not just agreeable, but like, 
don't stall just go to it yeah i stalled a little bit and i think that was the biggest problem yeah i just think that's the best idea i ever heard in my life yeah that was a great idea yeah that was almost as good as the jungle Mm -hmm. the jungle (laughs) okay after taxes was it the oil change it was the oil change that was a lot the last scene he loved your crazy object work where you i did that because at planet ant last week um andy g he did a scene where um he was like yeah well i'm gonna get in my car and he leaves and he walks like three feet and he opens the door and he gets in and then he squats down and then he starts driving (laughs) and then they cut the scene it was just like so so against everything but it was great yeah it was so great i had to do it i love when you got out of the car you got out like your car was only one person wide and you just got out of. The i definitely ride. i decided it was an english car and i was on the one side yeah i was, I was that right threw side. me off i had no idea what you were doing you know at first i was like what are you fucking doing and then i was like oh okay and i but i was just trying to get you out of the car because as soon as i had you like you know like uh, like I said, pull up. I was playing the, you know, attendant. And then I was like, someone, one of the teachers, you know, was getting in her wick there. They were saying, you know, don't let people like drive in cars. It's unnatural. You know, like don't keep them in weird positions like that because it's stupid. It doesn't <laughs> like you'll lose the audience. So I was like, get them out of the car. I was like, know? that's definitely a good. Idea. And I actually thought you, I like, I thought I did my best object work in that scene. You know what I mean? I think you did too. Uh, I mean, uh, like at least like with the your object, you were doing nice, consistent object work. Yeah, and I usually forget it all, so I was like, "Hey, look at me!" Oh yeah, like but, a clipboard. But like, yeah, but then Frank came in and uh, he was playing like my. I, I thought that was a great example of finding the game of the scene. Where I was like, "Look, that's my dad." You know, he's like, "I'm not his dad." He's like, "That's not your dad. Like, that's not my dad." You know, like and we just like <laughs> we did that twice, and I thought that was really funny. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, time ran out on this scene, but I felt like it really. I felt could like have, it only needed like 20 more seconds at most. I felt like it could have gone somewhere. I think that would have been like a great candidate for those uh, 60 second, 30 second, 15 second game mm. where you cut out all the stupid shit. Yeah. And I think that could have been, if it was condensed, it could have been like a... Well, we had a few like that. I was finding it hard to get anybody to come on stage because I was walking around. I'm like, where the fuck is everybody? So yeah. I was like, That's uh, why I drove up. Yeah. And I was like, next up, <laughs> like somebody come out and fucking help me. So. Yeah. I went up for so many that I didn't yeah. want to like. I tried to like take a break in between, but yeah. yeah. So that and then that concluded our long form set. I think the best. Well, my favorite scene of the evening was with me and Heather, when um, it was like the playground. Oh yeah. Scene. So I was building. It was started out silent, and we were doing object work, and it was also the the exercise where we have to repeat what they said like in our head yeah i think that was everybody's best scene of the day was when we we're repeating yeah yeah i really like the status shift in that one because i was building a sand it castle was really good i was building a sand castle and heather came over and smashed my sand castle and then she walked away and i started building another one and then we started talking and she started like telling me that it was a nice sand castle like that was yeah. she was helping you out by that, destroying yeah. the last yeah, one. That was like a good status shift though, right there. Yeah, I thought, where she took a like conciliatory territory. It's hard though. I've noticed in scenes like uh, gibberish scenes too. It's it's easy to be like a different character or have a different status, but once you start using your own voice, it's easy to just go back to being your normal 
self. So that's what happened. Like Heather was a bully, and then when she started talking, she went back to being nice Heather. Now Heather, what sport did you like to play? Sports, sports ball. That was sports ball. <laughs> that was the funniest thing. She's like, yeah. "Wow, I, I like to play sports ball." You yeah. Know? And, then, <laughs> and Jim's like, "I like." And that was a great reversal too, where he took the ball and then just threw it out. Yeah, he, he's like. J- Jim's like, maybe we can be friends. Yeah. And Heather throws him the ball, and he just chucks it into the audience. He's like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> you smashed my sandcastle, fucker. <laughs> you did. The one problem with that scene is you stepped in your own sandcastle. I did notice that. I was gonna, oh, but I didn't want to. Uh, it didn't matter anymore. Yeah, yeah, it didn't matter anymore. I, yeah, that made me laugh. I was like, that's a great reversal. <laughs> and then, and then Heather hurt. said your the line you said earlier. Are you fucking with me? Yeah, that yeah. was a great ending. I was like, wow, great she brought mirroring. it all back. Look at Heather. I thought that was a really tight scene. Yeah, it, was it really good. was. All the way through. What was so, your repeating scene, Tony? Uh, there was the one where I was in the dentist chair with uh, Dave. Oh, that was great too. Like, great object work. Yeah, yeah, I felt I felt like all the good stuff I did was before, like when we weren't saying things. So when I was just fucking, like I was yeah. like sitting around that in the stuff chair, was so good. like yeah. messing around. Everyone like, was laughing so much. Yeah, it's all stuff I've done for real too. Like I, I never touch anything, dude. When I was a kid, I was obsessed when when the hygienist was out of the room to take that little water pick and just like spray water around the room. <laughs> I would do it all the fu- I would do it all the fucking time, like on the carpet. I'd be like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That Ooh. one. That one, I think uh, Bob had a really good uh, feedback too. Like, if someone says make it quick, make it as long as possible. Yeah, yeah. Because Dave took like a the evil Doctor Chone, you know. And then I wondered too if I had limited myself by being a patient, you know, because that's always tough on relationship, you know, like to say. But I know, like dental hygienists, like you remember them. Or I would have would have been stronger if we were both, yeah. like, you know, like working. I there. think the. Being the patient would have been fine, but you needed a way to switch the status. Yeah, that's that's the one thing I. That if we kinda... you had popped up like I'm from the dentist investigation authority or whatever, like we have evidence. Yeah, internal affairs for dentistry yeah, or something. I, yeah, that I needs w- a better name. Oh uh, yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> let me work on that. Uh, <laughs> Dentural affairs. Oh, know. nice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I did think about that during the scene. I'm like, how can we change the status? And I was kind of doing that. I tried to do that a little bit by like trying to accuse him. Yeah, one of the best exercises we've done at Planet Ant, I had Sean Hanlon as a substitute teacher one day, mm-hmm. and we did an exercise where it's just you accuse someone of something and they admit it. Yeah, I remember you telling me that. And it works. It, it always works. So if you were like... Um, but the other person has to understand what's happening okay let's go let's let's wrap this up here was there do we finish everything uh Woo. no not yet don't get that ready okay maybe get ready yeah you know I what have... it's a tired day this was you know like uh it, it feels right to end it now that's what i'm saying i do have a fact okay oh, oh a good is, fact is it a cat fact because that'll be three cat it's facts. not a cat fact okay sorry seawater uh nails used to be so expensive that farmers would burn down their barns just so they could collect the nails. Wow. Now, could cats survive fire? Cats cannot survive fire Damn because it. contrary to popular opinion, they do not have nine lives. They have one life and they treasure it. One life. They just live. don't treasure your life. <laughs> I don't know if they, well, maybe they treasure their life, but that is the, the thing about the seawater. Oh, we'll talk about that later. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, so we're wrapping this up. Uh, 
Okay, scale of, to mimic the researcher on a scale of one to ten, um, one being uh, you know very hopeful, or one being totally pessimistic, and ten being wildly optimistic. How do you feel about our class show in ten weeks, starting with Heather? Our class show, um, you know, I I'm feeling about like a. Like I like a seven point five. Okay, the mic can pick you up rubbing your thighs. My knees hurt. It's my okay. knees. Okay, it's not my your thighs. Knees. Okay, sorry. I thought it was your thighs. I wasn't looking because I'm a gentleman. What was the question? You <laughs> from a scale of one. To How 10? optimistic are you about our class show? See, because last time I didn't feel great about it, and it was good. It was fine. Okay, so you're like a seven point five. Jim. Hmm. Jim's our resident optimist. <laughs> I think he's just learning to use pauses. You don't have to say something all the time. Yeah, I'm doing object work right now. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty neutral about it. So far, you know, I think I think the audience is usually really good at the class shows. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh yeah, Jim has a class show coming up for his other class on Thursday. Yeah. Is everybody going? What Heather? time is it at? internship it's at eight maybe, maybe yeah okay go. but i'm gonna uh i can only stay for the our my set and then i gotta go to work okay uh so jim's a five is that fair to say five yeah i'm about i would say like maybe a six i'm not sure yet i'm just worried about our forms because we are going out into uncharted territory with long form yeah there's no like safety in games you know or whatever it's like it could be a big fucking train wreck so and I have a feeling that most advanced one classes are train wrecks based from past experience. I'm, I just I've keep, noticed that. I just keep thinking that we have less experience than the people opening up at Planet Ant, the openers, and I hate watching them. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. to, and I think that we have less experience in that and we're going to do worse than them just really hurts. Yeah, but uh, a lot of the people at our class show are not people that do improv. Like if it's your That's friends and point. family, like Bob talked about how right. they they'll think, think it's magical. They'll think it's magic, yeah. Yeah, but the I, games are, are, it's different. They're more crowd-pleasing just by nature. I was telling a friend that was talking about coming to the show, and she's like, oh, you know, I love when they do like whose line is it anyway? And it's like, yeah, we do like the more long form. She's like, yes, I've seen that before. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. Because if it's bad, you got to sit through it. And yeah, it's, like it's a killer. But I, I also think awareness of that is going to help us. Like, yeah. yeah. That's why we have to be good at editing. I do yeah. think our, edit, our editing has been really good. Yeah, it really has. There's one or two people that like to edit, I think, too early. But even that, that's better than too late. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. As a professional editor, I can tell you guys, I've been impressed with you. Because even like when we were doing for the study, when we were doing the three-person scenes, like all three of us were like, okay, this is yes. getting really soon. I think there was only one time where it was getting really interesting and then someone added to the scene. I won't say who. Because uh, I just saw the look of disappointment on Jim's face. He's just like, oh, we could have done something with that. No, that was not disappointment. Oh, it wasn't? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, was, I was okay with it. So, I'm always okay with editing. Okay. So John, uh, scale of one to ten. Same. I question. would say about an eight, only because we're always good, because we're the best class. Um, I like that. 
Heather just hit her head on the mic for people listening. So yeah, but head, it was my glasses. every time teachers are like, oh, don't. I hope you guys do good. And I'm always like, we're going to be great. We're going to be fucking great. And then we always are. That's true. I think John's confidence. That's why he's the warrior. Yeah. And, you know, it's he's always wildly optimistic about. Our but I'm also optimistic because other people in the class, uh, the people who've been having the most trouble adapting to long form have been making progress. That's true. I will say there were much fewer, uh, way fewer walk ons today. Then yeah. when we first when we yes. first got to do it, it was just like walk on Palooza. Well, well, that's what made me nervous. That was the today. focus of the class last time. No, yeah, it, it wasn't it last time. On, like, yeah, it the carried time over before. into the class after. But there were a couple walk ons, but it wasn't ridiculous, and they all made sense. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what made me nervous today when Bob was like, "Oh, you can you can use the whole room, not just the stage." I that- actually thought of doing that, like during the jumping scene. I thought about. Uh, like walking off stage and being rather than just right. being in the back line, just being like that guy. Like, yeah. Uh, but I thought it would take too much attention. I wanted to like talk more, and I was like, you know. I just feel like that's opening a box. Yeah. Anyway, now that we've all, I feel like we've got our second wind here, so now's the perfect time to add the podcast. Yep. All right. And edit. Uh, for the wizard Jim Harper, the warrior John Yar, and the maiden true Heather Anonymous, I am Tony Augusti. And something. I think that was your cue, Jim. Yeah, he usually says, play me out. Or yeah, something. he does ah, usually damn say it. that. I was going to say you're reluctant here. You guys are all assholes. Anyway. <laughs> oh, um, I forgot. Oh, I didn't realize that yeah, you, were, you wanted yeah, to be yeah. acknowledged. No, I thought I you didn't. liked having you know, no acknowledgement at all. Well, I don't like it, but that's my life. So <laughs> uh, You don't know how true that is. Anyway, play us out, Jim. It's the After Improv Show. (laughs) I'm just letting it ring out for effect. That was great until you started talking over it ringing out. (laughs) To the sustain. (laughs)